Our Father, we give you thanks. Thank you because you have prepared us indeed for something. Because as your word comes in, the spirit enters into us and sets us on our feet. We give you all the thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, as we go into your word this evening, we receive from you insight. Our hearts are opened. Give us understanding. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Let's declare the word of understanding as we, just before we sit down. On to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will give you wisdom. Amen. He will give you understanding. Amen. He will give you direction. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now can you greet somebody on your left and your right and take your seats. Tell the person, God bless you. You are welcome to understanding. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, John. Now, why I want to read that, um, just to show you all something that the Lord Jesus prayed for uh, when he was going to leave. The book of John chapter 17, uh, verse 1. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh. Now, please, so as to save time, you may find me jumping here and there, because I intend to read the whole chapter, all right? And since it's quite long, we would just like to save some time. I will in verse 2, right? It says, So even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. He said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given to me. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. Verse 7. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. Now, please notice verse 9. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world And yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Truly I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition. Verse 13. But now I come to you. 
And these things I speak in the world so that they, they, notice that word, they may have joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Verse 15, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Verse 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That is, Jesus was praying this prayer for you and me today. Not just for Peter, James, and John, and the other, others who were with him. He said that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one. Now, I'm just looking for a few verses to add. Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I just wanted to read all of that. As we can easily see, these were the words of the Lord Jesus as he was departing. In fact, my Bible headed that section, the high priestly prayer. I like that. <laughs> but what I want to bring out, let's just open to Mark 2, chapter 4. I'll link it to this, and you see what we are talking about. That's in Matthew chapter 4. It's 5 I wanted, though. I don't know why I said 4. Alright, verse 13. He said, you are the salt of the earth, and if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Then he says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let's just complete that section. Verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Alright, the Lord is good. Now, why did I read this? It's our school of prayer. So anything we are talking about usually is um, something that has to do with praying, something that has to do with our prayer life, how we are supposed to pray as Christians. Now, why I brought that one out is always be careful when you see, when you want to learn praying, check how Jesus prayed, check how the disciples, his initial apostles, how they prayed afterwards, because the prayers they prayed were derived from the things that he taught them. So bear those things in mind. Now, why did I read this? I just want to emphasize to us again this evening, the importance of the church on the earth, okay? And in every nation. We've been talking about that. Now, you know, we have elections in Nigeria over the next, that's over, how many days? Four days? All right. Today's Tuesday. On Saturday, we're going to vote for who will be president. Now, 
who have said, established again and again that God determines who rules. One I was on radio on, on Sunday. One man said, uh, God does not impose his will. I got angry, you know. God needs to really help me with patience. I got really angry. I said, when did, did he ask you when the sun will rise? That was the question I asked him. I said, who told you that that doesn't impose his will? It was later on, when I got home, I wanted to go back and rewind the, and go and preach to the man again. I said, did he ask you when the sun will rise? Did he ask your opinion when the sun will set? Did he tell you when it will be rainy season? I mean, did he discuss with you when it will be rainy season or dry season? I said, who told you God does not impose his will? I said, he does not make you do his will by force. That is the only thing you can say. I said, Israel, and I didn't tell him, this is one thing I would have told him. Israel wanted a king. Did he, who chose the king? Was there a democratic election on who will be king in Israel? God imposed Saul upon them. When he was going to replace him with David, did he discuss with them? Look, I had many things to tell the man that said, <laughs> he wanted to try and emphasize to me that, you know, we're talking about election, that, you know, you could call him. I had finished speaking on the fact that God chooses who will be the leader. But I think he wanted to bring out the issue that, look, it's democracy we choose. I said, it's a lie. Democracy is the way by which God manifests his choice now. It is his choice. That, I don't know. I think God will help me with patience, amen? I just got angry. So you know, God does not impose his will. I said, who told you that one? I, I quoted you for him. I said, God said, when I created Leviathan, where were you? <laughs> quoted the number of scriptures to show that God, what to say, impose his will just by the way. It's just that he can't force you to do what he called you to do. He will say in the hearing of Isaiah, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Even though he created Isaiah to be sent. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. Mary had to volunteer. Be it unto me according to your word. Because without that, that word would not have manifested in her life. It's in your life that God cannot impose his will. But, you know what Nebuchadnezzar said about him? He does what he wills in the heavens and nobody can ask him, what have you done? Nebuchadnezzar understood that one. <laughs> That's the meaning of Kabiesi. When you hear Yoruba's great king, Kabiesi, of course, all Christians have learned it now. We sing it in songs. Kabiosi, Kabiosi. You know what that means? Say, there is no questioning you. That's the meaning of it. That's what it means. All right? The Lord is good. Now, so back to what we're trying to say. So, we just want to emphasize that, look, things that God does, there's a reason for what he does. He makes his decisions. There's a purpose he has each time. And the most important thing he's doing on the earth is what I wanted to just highlight. Do you understand? That when Jesus was going, he took time out to pray for his disciples. He did not take time out to pray for the world. Did you notice that? He came to save the world, though, that is, at least. He came to do the will of the Father. His coming will end in salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But when he was going to pray, he forgot that world. He spent all the time praying for his disciples. He spent all the time praying for his disciples. He did not spare one moment to pray for this word that they will believe. Did you notice that? Did you notice that he didn't one moment? Say, I pray, Father, for the word that I have come to die for, according to your plan, according to your eternal purpose, let them believe. Why didn't he do that? Well, I won't claim to have the answer, but I know one thing for sure, he did not. But he took time out, prayed for Peter, James, John, and all of them, and said, not only for them, but anybody that would take the gospel of John and read, and believe the things that John wrote, you have been prayed for by the Lord Jesus directly. Anyone that would take the epistle of St. Peter, any one of them, 
read and believe the things that Peter said, the Lord has prayed for you. Say, anybody who will believe by their word, he's been pre- you have been prayed for. He told God, please keep them from the evil one. Let, make sure they are one. He prayed extensively. What is the reason? This is a simple thing. That was the most, and that still is, the most important thing that God is doing on the earth. In fact, Jesus came to extract the church out of the world. I don't know what I, get, what I mean by that. That is, the world is plenty, many people. So he came to die, and whoever will believe, did you notice that focus? In John chapter 1. So that whosoever will believe, alright, he will give, will be saved, and we give the power to become what? Sons of God. Now, that's what, those are the people he came for. Now, bear that one in mind. It's very, very important. So, when we're on the earth today, I am absolutely convinced the number one thing that God is doing on the earth is called the Church of Christ. He said the Lord's portion is His people. I hope you're getting my point here. The Lord's portion is what? His people. That is when you look at the whole earth, the whole universe, Pluto, down to Mercury, the sun is one of the hundred billion stars in our galaxy, and our galaxy is one of the hundred billion galaxies that have been observed. Yes, that's how small this sun is compared to everything out there. Yet in all of it, the Bible says the lost portion is his people. That is what is most important to him. Let me say it to us again. I don't have any doubt in my mind. The reason why God created Nigeria, and if you are listening to this from Ghana, Ghana too. And if it is South Africa, South Africa too. And if it's Australia, Australia too. Wherever you are, the reason why God carved the nations the way they are today is for the purpose of Christ. Why does it like, why do you make Nigeria like this? So that we can say the church in Nigeria. I'm not kidding about that. I mean it literally. Everything God did. Now, let's go back to the, let me say, the Old Testament church. Because Israel came, not just Israel now, but um, before Israel there was Abraham. Let's just start with Abraham. God did things for the purpose of Abraham's movement. He created nations so that Israel can stay there. Egypt was carved out, developed, so that Israel will have a place to stay while the iniquity of the Amorite becomes full. And the Amorite there stood for all, of course there was a people called the Amorites, but when the Bible talked about that, the way I understood it when I was studying one day, somebody explained in one of the commentaries I was reading, that the word Amorite was just chosen to represent all the nations around there, because they all behave the same way. They all behave the same way. So until the iniquity of the Amorite will be full, God said, where do I keep my people? He sent them to where? To Egypt. So Egypt was prepared to receive Israel. I hope you are getting my point. You know, those when I was in Lagos, my pastor said something one day. He said, He suffered no one to do them wrong, saying what? Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. He said, What does it mean when they say prophets? You probably never heard, okay, apart from blessing his children, I really can't remember Isaac prophesying. The only prophetic word from the mouth of Isaac were those words, okay, that he spoke over Jacob and Esau. As for Jacob, the only time he prophesied too 
were the words he spoke over his children. He said to them, come, come and hear what will happen to you guys afterwards. As for Abraham, when did he prophesy? Just try. Apart from blessing, who did he even bless him? He was blessed. Blessed be Abraham. <laughs> of the most high God. What did he do? When did he prophesy? But God called him a prophet. He told Abimelech, restore the man's wife. Then he will pray for you because he is a prophet. It's striking. So when he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That time, he wasn't talking about prophet Jeremiah. He wasn't talking about prophet Isaiah. He wasn't talking about Nathan. He wasn't talking about Samuel. When he said, he suffered no one to do them wrong. Saying, touch not my anointed. He said, he led them about from one place to the other. And where the people talking about? Is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And their descendants. So God called them prophets. So then, I remember my pastor teaching, explained the meaning of the word prophet. He stuck with me. He said, who is a prophet therefore? This was what he said. He said, these are the people that God shapes the events of the world around. Did you catch that? That is, why did Egypt exist? It was for the sake of Israel. Why was that famine in Egypt? Now, there are many, you must understand how spiritual things work. There are many things put together when decisions are made in heaven. Okay? But even when God, when God is putting things together, what is most important in it will stand out. What I'm trying to say is that God will not punish people who did not sin just because he wants to bless his people. Do you follow my point? But in his wisdom, he knows when to punish those who sinned so that that punishment will come out to be a blessing to his people. For example, he told Israel, I am not bringing you in because of your righteousness to the promised land, but I'm taking them out because of their wickedness. So the people were being removed because they sinned. But they lasted for over a hundred years after they had finished sinning because God wanted Israel to be prepared to take the land. So God arranges things. One really says this. So you find that there was a famine in Egypt, right? That famine came for the main purpose. I don't want to say soul. There may be other functions, alright? But for the main purpose of dragging Israel out of that land into Egypt. So Egypt prospered to get food ready to attract them to come. The famine came, destabilized everybody, raised Joseph to a prominent position so that all the events will work together for the preservation of the pure seed of God so that Jesus could come. I hope you're getting my point. What I'm saying, is it like school? I hope it's not too hard. I know people don't like going to school. <laughs> the same people that will not agree to go to school and learn, they will sit like this and watch history. On television and tell you who, you know, all these boys that failed physics, chemistry, even history, they failed. But ask them for UFR cover the last 10 years. You know, they know everything. <laughs> Your Lord is good. Now, so I hope you're getting my point. All right. I hope you're following me. So this is what I'm trying to make. All right. So God arranged that. Okay. So that Israel, like I was saying, go into Egypt to preserve the seed of God through whom that it, through whom Jesus will come. That seed had to be pure. There's a purity that God was maintaining. And Israel could not stay in that land. The descendants of Abraham could not stay in that land. They would have been polluted. So God took them out and kept them in a special land 
until it was time to come back. And of course, as we are human beings, that's the way we are. When they prosper so much in Egypt, why should you go back to the promised land? Why? If now you, you all of you that want to go to America, why would you go back to the promised land? So God said, well, the only way they will go back is, let's raise them a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. A new dynasty arose. And they said, these are the people of Joseph. He said, Menini Joseph. He said, they are the people that, come on, let me hear what. He said, why are they playing? They don't even look like Egyptians. They behave differently. They had different culture. You know, they were shepherds. Egyptians hated shepherds. They did not eat pork. You know, they had strange behaviors. So this guy looked at him. Then one spirit whispered to him, said, they will soon take over. That's all that happened. A spirit just whispered, they will soon take over. Ha, the man said, this one I fought for. No, who are my enemies in the land? So he plotted. In all his plotting, God was just mobilizing the people to get uncomfortable and leave. Remember, who are the prophets? The people that God shapes the vents of the world around. Those are the prophets. Everything Egypt suffered, they suffered because of Israel, which stood as a type of the church of God that will come through Jesus. That's what, that's what they stood as. So when God is doing things, you'll be amazed what he's doing. Let me say something about God again. Eh? He's interesting. The planets moved hmm? because one child was born. Listen, that's how God behaves. Let me, let me say something to you. If you have plenty of money, hmm? there are things you will do which will appear like madness to those who don't have. I don't know whether I get my point. Many years ago, the first time I heard it, not having, not being used to rich people like that. Somebody told me that a man came to his relatives and wanted to watch a film. Not now that DVDs are cheap. There were no DVDs that there were video cassettes and all of that. The man wanted to watch TV, wanted to watch a movie. There was, a, I think he came with a video cassette, but there was no video player and there was no television. Now, those days, now, when I heard this story, I forgot exactly which year, but it was long ago. So he sent somebody to the market to go and buy a TV and a video cassette uh, and a video player so he could watch one vi- film. And those of us who were poor in quotes, like, what kind of thing is that? You know, is that? I've told people, like, be careful when you are criticizing the so-called rich. You don't understand their problem. You don't understand their problem. The way he's reasoning, not the way you are reasoning. No, ju- just get it. Eh? Don't be angry. Uh, why is the man flying private jet? You know what? His time is too valuable. Those days, they say, why should a man maintain a suite in one hotel? Doesn't go there more than once a month. Yeah, they keep it for him. They know the way he behaves. They've, re- they've related with him. They know how to handle him. And you can't put any, a man who smokes can't stay there three days before he arrives. So to avoid all this talk talk, he just pays them constantly. They give him a discount, he keeps it. He's like, I want to say, you can come and be booking. It's because you are poor. He knows. But it's a waste of his time. What you think is more expensive, eh? Actually, for him, it's cheaper. That's, I'm telling you a matter of fact. Though. Is that no waste of money? How can you call it waste of money when he's trying to save something more valuable than money? guy is thinking like, hi. Did you see his face? He turned face like. <laughs> okay, let's not go into it here. Eh? Just relax. Hmm? God will teach you that one day. I'm not saying you'll be wasteful. Though. I'm just saying that you will understand. That's how God is. God is very wealthy. So when you see what he expends for a little thing, what you think is little, you'll be amazed. 
to balance the earth so that it does not wobble. Like the Bible says, he puts 200 billion stars there. Say why? Say, I don't want the earth to wobble anyhow. There's a way I want it to balance. So let's tilt it 0.0001 degree. So it creates five extra galaxies. I'm not kidding. Jesus said that the cost of making the flower smell nice and look nice for 24 hours is much more than it takes to dress Solomon up. God is very, very, he's very rich. Let's put it like that. He's very rich. He is very rich. Oh, how else do I say it? Say after me, the Lord is very rich. Now, that is wealth, eh? That's what I'm going to explain. That's how it's reflected. When I was in school, those I had a classmate who used to read a lot of, you know, advanced world politics and science. You know, we were medical students, but he would read physics, astronomy, and all of that, and world politics. You know, students that read Time Magazine, Newsweek, you, you, you get my point? They, they know what's going on. So one day when the school bus, I remember, we were going for our rural post in community medicine. I still remember that day. Because he read so much astronomy, just what I told you now, he tried to explain it, that the earth is a speck. Now, if they spread the whole of our galaxy in Okwara Square, hmm? the earth is a speck of dust. Actually, it's smaller than that. Our galaxy, Milky Way, contains over a hundred billion stars. One of those stars is what we call our sun. And our sun is not a big one. It's a medium-sized one. Some other ones are smaller, but most are much bigger. That's our galaxy. Let me teach you small astronomy. The Earth, observable extent of the universe, not the Earth, from the Earth now, the observable extent of the universe hmm, is, it has over a hundred billion galaxies. Our galaxy is how many? One out of this hundred billion. Each galaxy has how many stars? Over a hundred billion. Now, this, the, why is one called a galaxy? There's a lot of space between one galaxy and the next where there's very little or no stars. Now listen, the fastest thing known on the earth to travel is light. Hmm? The closest star to us, it takes four years for its light to get here. Did you get what I'm saying? Where, that is, the sun is a star. The next star to it, to it the distance between them, it takes a ray of light four years to travel to get to it. So anytime you look up at night and see a star, the closest star to you released that light four years ago. Some of them released the light a thousand years ago. There are stars you are looking at now, they don't exist anymore. They stopped existing like 500 years ago. But the light they released 500 years ago has not yet reached you. You are still using the light they released a thousand years ago to see them. Ah, if you read some of these things, you will, you will marvel. You will marvel. Our galaxy alone is what I'm talking Look, I'm still talking about inside our galaxy. The close, that is, this is inside one galaxy. The closest star, that is our neighbor, 
Eh? I know the name. I don't want to quote it wrongly. The next start was, if you see this night, that was the light it released in 2015, around January. Now, so imagine how tiny the earth is in the midst of all of this. And yet this sun we're talking about, our sun, is thousands of times bigger than the earth. That was why my friend looked that day and said, how can God be so concerned about a tiny, a tiny speck of dust of all the vastness that is out there? <laughs> and that's why he said he doesn't believe in God. Because everything is so vast, they were trying to make it look like God is interested. In, do you get my point? Like a man built a fantastic Massive, greatly massive house. A house that defends alone is the size of Enugu. Round. You now say why? Because he wanted to hang a shirt. You know, you look like, no, you can't be serious. <laughs> but you know the truth? That's just how God is. Human beings are also like, there's a bit of, the, how many of you have heard of um, this place in India? That tourist attraction. Taj Mahal. Do you know what Taj Mahal is? It's somebody's grave. Oh, did you know that? Some people don't know. Taj Mahal is somebody's grave. The king that time, he had a lot of wives. But there was one wife he loved. This one used to travel with him to war. He adored the woman. She had like 14 children for him. Then when she was delivering the last one, she died. And it was thoroughly heartbroken. So he wanted to bury her well. Please go back home. For those of you who have not seen the picture, and just Google up Taj Mahal. And you will see magnificence. It took hundreds of thousands of man hours to build it. But what was it? It's somebody's grave. It's a tomb over somebody's grave. Just in the center, the one woman died, they bury him. Historians believe that it ruined the kingdom economically. The amount of money he invested to give his beloved wife a befitting burial site. Now the whole world, 500 years, is it 400, 500 years later, still traveled there to, and it has lasted centuries. Top quality marble, handcrafted. They will sort out different kinds of marbles, different colors to carve magnificent structures. What is it? One woman's grave. A lot of people don't know it's a grave site. <laughs> That's a human being. I'm speaking plenty, right? Tell me how rich God is. God has done more than that for the earth. The movement of the sea, I hope you know, is determined by the moon. When you have high tide, low tide, it's the moon. One day, one crazy man said they should blow up the moon with nuclear warheads so that all these variations will go away. I felt like I said, you are very stupid. What will come in this place? Do you know? Said that we should send <laughs> nuclear warheads onto the moon and blow the moon to pieces. Then the earth will now be more stable. That's what they call arrogance. What talks on the earth here and there, we don't know. There are all kinds of stars out there balancing this earth. My friend that they could, my classmate, my colleague, he could not believe that this, all of this is for the earth. He said, no. Have you heard this before? They still laugh till today that religion does not know science. Science is superior to religion. That before the earth was thought to be the center of the universe. And the science came and proved it. Actually, we're at a corner of the Milky Way galaxy. I'm not in the center of the Milky Way galaxy. But guess what? Somebody can insult me with this. I don't care. 
I believe the earth is the center of the universe. Now, you say, eh, is that scientifically proven? Let me just say something here. Scientifically, now it makes sense. One day I was watching this program that was narrated by Stephen Hawking, that great physicist that died um, last year or the year before. Now, the man showed that the center of the universe is anywhere you are observing it from. Because the principle of the warping of space-time does not allow you to put the center anywhere apart from where you are observing I said, why were they insulting Christians for saying the earth is the center of the universe before anyway? That's a warping. I wanted to say coven of space-time. Yes. So I'm going to what is space-time? Don't worry. Just I assume that I said something. But God is very rich. Somebody say amen. amen. I have no doubt in my mind he balanced everything and said it will be the house for Adam. That's Adam's house. If a man can build a grave for his dead wife, like the Taj Mahal, God really can do it. He can build a whole earth to hang a shirt. Yes. You see, when you have too much money, you are not saving for tomorrow. You create another tomorrow if you need tomorrow. <laughs> I hope you are getting what I'm talking about. Some of these you can't do right now with your money is because you have other better things to do. Think about it. When they say buy a new phone, you can afford it. But you've checked. There's new school fees. <laughs> you thought about those things. So you abandon it and be managing your phone. Four years later, if it falls, you buy solo tape, mend the screen. But let us assume that you were earning, just assume, you were earning, assume as an assumption, you were earning $10 million an hour. Just assume it. You know, if the phone, if you shake it like it doesn't come on, you buy another one. <laughs> that is. <laughs> if the charger blow, you won't replace the charger. You buy a new phone. And you won't even buy it. Those manufacturers will stay at your doorsteps and be bringing it to you. <laughs> if you want to move from one to the other, you, they will create, look, listen. That is what happens when you have an inexhaustible supply of resources. Because the Lord has it. Hmm? He created the whole universe to suspend the earth nicely. So that Adam and the sons of Christ will have a place to manifest his glory. That's it. God literally can build a mansion to hang his singlet. If he has to. I know I've said all of these things. Now in the midst of all of these things, the Bible says the lost portion is what? His people. So Egypt existed for Israel. We are the Israel of God. I was hearing one man I respect preach that day. I shook myself. Guy, I don't agree. He said, God has two covenant people on the earth. The church and Israel. I said, in that case, you have divided them. They are no longer one. The Bible said that he died to make the two into one. God has only one covenant people on the earth. When you make some statements, you nullify some script, clear scriptures. Paul made it clear to us. When he was teaching in that book of Ephesians, he explained that, listen, what did he do? He made the two into one. The wall of separation is gone. So God has one covenant people on the earth. So when he makes any Egypt today, it's with the church in mind. If China is great the way that they are right now, there is a, there's an effect they have on the church. Nigeria exists. There is what God is doing for Christ. United States of America, there's a reason why they exist. People believe that it's so that they can protect Israel. I don't believe that. I don't believe that, all right? But next point I should make is this. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Too. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're anti-Semitic. I'm not anti-anything. 
I am pro sinners to believe. Whether Abraham is your father or your uncle, just believe. Do you follow my point? As they say, look, everybody must believe. Whether you are a descendant of Jacob or is relevant, you are supposed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting my point, okay? So I'm not, I'm not uh, anti-anybody. But this one I wanted to make. Many of the real things the Lord is doing is not overtly obvious. It's not overt. What I mean is this. A place like United, Nation, uh, United States of America, preachers preach that God sent them so that they can defend the nation of Israel. I don't know. But the real thing that God is using them for may not be clear to everybody. After all, the stars were moving. There were many astrologers. And let's use today, astronomers, they existed at that time too. Just like those days, there was a merging of astronomy and astrology. Everybody that observed the stars was also a spiritual person. But now those who observe the stars are scientists. They don't care about the spirituality of anything they are saying. Okay, but they are indeed, there are signs in the stars, alright? Yeah, Christians don't look at them, we don't look at them. But God created the stars for science. You'll be amazed at how much consolation God created to point to the coming of Jesus. And those who really know spirituality, okay, those things, they will show you how it was written in the stars. Only one of our sisters sent me one recording, the greatest fish story ever told. After I didn't listen for 30 minutes, I got tired. Trying to show the constellations, how they pointed to Christ. I said, I know they study, study this thing again. I just read Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. You know, that one, there's enough story inside there. I wasn't interested in the greatest fish story ever told. But I still have it somewhere, I think. <laughs> now, but those things, okay, they, they're really like that. But you know, I'm going to bring you something out now. You see all the movement of the stars that evening. Assuming they were in, in, observing them all over the world. Only a small group of astrologers had understanding that they were pointing somewhere. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So the whole world could have been observing it. They would not have known what exactly was going on. Sometimes eclipse occurs. There is no eclipse that occurs that God did not put there ahead of time as a sign of something. You may not know what it is. That's how great he is. I hope you're following my point. Some people are wondering what this pastor was saying this evening. I'll keep talking. I'm actually enjoying myself now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling inspired. I feel like I'm in this astrological spirit. <laughs> I'm saying all of this for you to understand something. What the, the world often misses what God is doing. Because of the greatness of the universe, many people have missed the importance of the earth. Including my friend. Because of the billions of people on the earth, people have missed the importance of the person of Christ. Because of many of the activities going on on the earth right now, politics, CSPDP, APC, those guys singing past today, YPP, and told me about UPP, all kinds of things. Listen to me, every event is organized for Christ. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Saturday's election has one purpose in mind, to further the purpose of Christ on the earth. That's why I said all of this is so that you will believe. Because if I just made that statement, it will be like, ah, ah, pastor, how far? I've just explained to you, and I know you are convinced that God can create a mansion to hang his shirt, one shirt. If he loves the shirt, if he likes the way the, the threads are woven, and doesn't want it to get dirty, he will, he will create a special, fully air-conditioned, you know, climate-controlled mansion to hang his shirt. And you will see people bathing, washing, scrubbing their hands. Why? We want to get his shirt. That's why he's rich. That's why he's wealthy. And I'm saying all the billions the political parties are spending. We don't know who's going to win the election. We don't know who will even survive the election. We don't know. 
I'm saying to you, don't be carried away. Anytime God is doing something, there's always plenty happening to distract. Elijah, uh, uh, Elijah, let us talk. When he got there, what did he find? Rock cracking. But the Lord was not in it. When they got there, you see fire burning. The Lord not there. There was a time he suddenly heard a small whisper. The Bible calls it the gentle, a sound of a gentle blowing. Then he covered his face. He knew the Lord had come. All the noise went before the Lord. Don't be carried away by all the noise. Political debates, campaigns. No one thing for sure. The purpose of God is advancing in the midst of all of this. The Lord has one purpose. What he's doing is called Christ. He's establishing Christ. Now, listen to another thing. Many of the problems, that's many problems. All the problems are a reflection of two things, or a number of things. Does not count. A number of things. One, what Christ in the country is not doing, the body of Christ now, you understand my point. And two, alright, and I say problems. It can be something they are not doing that he's showing to them, you are not doing this. Sometimes it's just a reflection of the state of their hearts. For example, if Christ in this nation gets too materialistic, the whole nation becomes poor. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. He said, but not everybody is a Christian. What, does, what concerns the Lord? Not the whole house is a wardrobe, but he just wants to hang his shirt. He builds a whole house. In the same manner, God wants to all right, make a point. Listen, do you know how many people were in Egypt? Yet he made everybody hungry to elevate one man and bring some people in. How many were they? hundred and something when they arrived. I hope you're getting my point here. Yet the whole nation. I told you, I met a man in Lagos. He told, now listen to what I want to tell you again. He said, man of God, please explain to me why. He said, I can't remember. I told you guys the number that there. Was it 15 times or 9 times? Eh? 9 times. That he determined the exchange rate between the dollar and the French franc. Did you, did you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you get that? Yes. That he's asked the Lord in Lagos. Okay, let, let's use a more, okay, let's use Euro. Euro is easier now. Most, a lot of young people here don't even know what's French franc. Nigeria, what do we spend? Naira. What do they spend in Ghana? What do they spend in South Africa? Rand. Thank you. What they used to spend in France was franc. It ended when Euro came in some years ago. Okay? He was doing business in France. He said, well, there are times, and his money will be in dollars. So you look and say, ah, this exchange rate is not favorable. And you ask the Lord, can you fix it for, as an example, 3.5 to the dollar by Friday. And by Friday, it will be exactly 3.5 to the dollar. Then, the following week, he will say, that 3.5 is no longer good for me. I want it to be 3.61. And to let you know that he was very accurate, he will call the people there say, on Friday, the exchange rate between the dollar and the franc will be 3.61. When he hits that number, move my money. He will call his bankers. When he had done it so many times, they flew him from Nigeria. That you need to explain to us how you know these things ahead. He asked me, he said, I don't understand. See, every time I ask God, fix this to this between U.S. and France, and it's in Lagos. Please believe what I'm telling you. Nations can gather to play football 
And God will say, let me teach a church in Nigeria a lesson. He will make one country lose to another. To teach some boys on campus who are saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Say, I want to make a point to them. Who's playing tomorrow? They say, France versus uh, Brazil. It's okay, let Brazil lose to them by 3-0. And then just will say, why? Say, there are four boys here who are praying. I want to show them a particular scripture. Meanwhile, for the millions of dollars people have spent, please understand what we are dealing with. I pray you will get the point. I pray you will get the point. How important the church is to God. See this election on Friday, on Saturday. It's not for the country as a whole. It's not. We began from John chapter 17. Right? You know what Jesus said? I'm not praying for the world. <laughs> I am praying for these ones. And anyone that will believe through them. Believers, Saturday's election is for you. Say amen. amen. That's why Paul said, all things are yours. That's the meaning of it. Every single thing. If the globe is warming, it's not any other thing more than the effect it will have on the Israel of God. That is why when you want to pray, if you focus on headsmen, Economy, security, uh, balance of the dollar, naira, and all of that. And your prayer is not first of all focused of the, in the interest of the church of God, the Israel of God. You have missed priorities in prayer. Let's read what Paul wrote to Timothy. First Timothy chapter two. He said, first of all then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made for who? On behalf of all men, for kings, and all who are in authority. What's the purpose? Read it loud. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. For what purpose? So that, give me one word, that we I wonder what word we. That who? We. That who? We. That who? We. we. That we. Like somebody pointed out to me now, that we is who? Christ. That's the church of God. It was not just prayer for kings. He was explaining that that prayer is so that we, the will of God for we, may be done. The will of God for the church of Christ for the most important thing God is doing on this earth to be done. On Sunday when I was in radio, there was one man who called. You know, I said some things concerning election. Should we vote? I said, everybody, please go and vote. It's a civic duty. It's like paying taxes. In fact, it's, even, oh, it's different from paying taxes, but it's the same category. It's a civic duty. Okay, you go and pay your taxes. Everybody, please go and vote. And I emphasized that it is out of order. And I say it again. For any pastor to endorse any candidate. Is totally out of order. Now, please, no, nothing intended. If you are, now I'm not saying who are you voting for tomorrow, but please, if you are a supporter of YPP, I know you are here. Just put up your hand. Where is Bishop? That's a YPP supporter. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Okay. There are two, three. Y- <laughs> <laughs> it's like I shall worry being a supporter of uh, PDP. What did you do with PDP? Okay, nobody, none of you saw the hand. 
All of you, did you see any hand? No. The Lord is good. Okay, now, okay, so there are people with white people here. PDP, put up your hand. We're not recording it. All right, articulated, articulated. Artic- Go PDP. All right, APC. Oh. <laughs> Say APC. Now, we are not saying who you are voting for tomorrow. Now, now, the Lord is good. Now, did you see how we are all saying and laughing about it, apart from Ijoma's case? <laughs> now, now, it may sound like a joke, but that's how it's supposed to be. This is democracy, right? We can all be in the same church. Some people are supporting YPP. Some are putting, supporting APC. Some are doing PDP. And, and we are not, and we are all Dickens, you know? We are Dickens. Same church. The Lord, you don't even know where I am now. Are you getting my point? YPP? No, what is YPP? <laughs> it depends on my mood. The other day I saw President Buhari give a lecture in Lagos. I almost went back to APC. And I've been in PDP for a long time. And then before that, I was in... I've just been everywhere. There are days I wake up in PDP, I sleep in APC. <laughs> the middle of the day, Bishop might pull me over to UP ANN for like five minutes. Then I pull myself out and then go into... Uh-huh. Do you understand? We are just anywhere. Okay? Now what I'm trying to say is that that's how it's supposed to be in the church. It is out of order for any pastor to try and make it otherwise. It's out of order. It's out of order. Teach the truth of God. Yeah. Let each person interpret it in that area the way they understand. You have your reason for supporting PDP. Those of you are supporting PDP. Those of you are doing APC, you have your reasons. Those of you are doing YPP and ANPP and UPP, you have your reasons. But if you have reasons that are not godly, and I find out, I will address that reason, then leave you to go and make a decision again. For example, if you say that... Uh, uh, this man is from my place. I will tell you, come and sit down. Christians don't reason like that. That we reason based on things that are better than that. Are you getting my point here? Now, you see where I'm going. So I spoke that day on radio. I just said to people that, please, don't follow your pastor. And really, don't follow me. If I've warned you before, my candidates have lost most of the time. So if you follow me, just know that the chances of you not getting anything out of the election is very high. My candidates have mostly lost. Okay? So don't follow your pastor. I said, one man called him. He said, this is the kind of thing. He said, he said, do we know what the other people are teaching their, in their, their own people? You see where I'm going on? Do I know what the other people are teaching their people? This is the kind of thing that makes us live in their shadow. I just said this in a bit. Cut that guy off. I was angry. You know what upset me? Misinterpreting the we and them. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What is we? Answer me. What is we? The church. Not the South. Not even the nominal Christians. When he was saying we, except, listen, listen. The fact that somebody does not go to the mosque does not make him a Christian. I hope you get, you get my point. Even though the name is Jeremiah, Isaiah, Gabriel, Michael, and Paul. It just means that he came from a society where people bear Christian names. So when the man spoke, I said, you don't understand. This is the problem. I, I, I told him, I said, I'm sorry, sir. Obviously, I told him straight. Obviously, you don't believe me. You don't believe God appoints people. Obviously, you don't. I said, also, if you join from the beginning, I told you I am teaching believers. And believers don't belong to a group apart from the we group. Do you forget my point? That is, listen to me. 
if you are from Eastern Nigeria, hmm, it is totally out of order for you to be thinking like an Easterner in your political reasoning. It's out of order. If you are from Western Nigeria, it is out of order for you to think like a Western Nigerian man in your political reasoning. It's out of order. That's not Christianity. Many times when I see Christians gather, one day I saw a man, he came, they said they were doing Eastern Nigeria prophetic mandate. I went there, I was ashamed. Because a prophet, a Christian prophet came to explain to the Igbo man how to have influence in politics. I said, shame on you. Shame on you. It's nonsense. You make up your mind. Do you want to be a Christian or you don't want to be a Christian? Because when we are Christians, the ideas are different. Oh, the ideas are different. Do you know why? You are no longer an Igbo man. Like, I can't remember being a Yoruba man since like 30 years ago. If anyone is in Christ, it's a church creation. Yes. That, look, so when I see Christians and I talk politics, I'm ashamed. I say, you don't understand. You are not being Christian. I thought I was in Sokoto. One of the men that came to welcome me because I was a guest of PFN, Sokoto. That was last year or the year before. They introduced him to me. You can see him full and top to bottom. His nose, his complexion. And they said, meet pastor, so and so and so. The moment I saw him, the full and in him was radiating. You were with us that, I mean, of us were downstairs that day. When one man came, persecution drove him from the north where he was living and came to the south. Currently, it's a shoe shiner. He goes around shining shoes. He came to beg us for money. Typical full animal you see around. He didn't know we're Christians. I don't know how God just planted us for him that day. He said, please, we just give him 3,000 naira. Why do you need 3,000 naira? I can't remember whether he pulled up his shirt, his back, for us to see. Had they had almost killed him because Jesus revealed himself directly to him and he became a Christian. And we're running and going around because there's no food. That guy, so that they wouldn't kill him. Persecution was what he ran away from. So he said his family were like held in quotes, ransom kind of, okay, detained until he paid the transport fare because he had a wife and he had children. So he moved everybody. Last time we saw him, he came to beg us for money to buy equipment for shining shoes. That's the only thing he can do. So I'm sure now he walks around town shining shoes. That day we saw a fat book in his hand. He could read. What is this? He says, my weapon. All the while he was speaking, I was, my, I was eyeing that book. This looks like a Bible. I said, what's that in your hand? He said, this one. <laughs> that is my weapon. You know, some people can play you, you know, with, to collect your money. But when he opened his mouth to speak, uh, this guy is not lying. When he opened his mouth to speak, I said, my father, this guy is not lying. Listen to me. That guy, let me tell you what Christianity is. That guy is closer to me as a person hmm? than my own brother or sister born of the same father and mother if they don't believe. What I've told you is not a joke. Let me tell you, one of the problems we have in Nigeria is that we are not, we are not practicing our Christianity. No, if we are practicing our Christianity, listen, the, look, part of the prop, listen, when you saw this kind of rubbish divisions up and down, ask the church, what's wrong with you people? Because one, one, that's one of the things I wanted to explain. If you see problems outside in a church, in a country like Nigeria, God is using it to reflect to the church what's wrong with it. And I said it earlier. When you see things outside, God is saying, people, look inside. Like I've told you again and again, I'm not changing my, my, my mind about it. You see corruption in Nigeria? 
is a reflection of corruption here. Not just church. You know, church, there are two kinds of corruption. There's church, that is church people, they steal. Are you getting my point? That one is not the problem in Nigeria. The problem in Nigeria <coughs> is corruption here. You know what they call here? What is here? Pulpit. The one, the one who came with it is saying that is not correct. All of us, Pastor Banky, E. Adeboye, W.F. Kumui, what's David Oyedeko? All of us. I mentioned my name first so that you know that I'm not abusing anybody. I'm just mentioning people that you know. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying that that is the source of corruption. If we purify all our mouths, then we can instruct the people that listen to us, and then they practice the word of God. When they do that, believe me, corruption will suddenly in Nigeria eh, become a funny thing. I want to say funny that people can now be prosecuted. Everybody will now say, ah, he's stealing government money. It will be strange. But right now, it's impossible for Buhari or whoever to police it because it's normal. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, that's like when you want to pray, eh? we should remember it. Even me, I forget it sometimes. Why does God want peace? He says, so that we. Somebody say we. we. And that we, we're not, we're not to be selfish, we're trying to be Christly. New invention. We're not trying to be selfish, we're trying to be Christly. We're trying to focus on Christ. You know why? Because God said, if Christ is magnified on the earth, Every other thing that men are looking for will fall into place naturally. And there is no way you will achieve that except you pray and prophesy to Christ. You have to pray for her, the body of Christ. Pray for her. Spend your soul energy for her. Because that indeed is the source of the answer to all the problems of mankind. Don't forget what I started with. You know, I spent a lot of time. Some of you were wondering, what is he talking about? I know some of you were enjoying it. You know, some people, when you get home today, lecture of astronomy for your whole family. Everybody come and sit down and come and learn. <laughs> but I hope I got my point out. For you to know, the Bible says that all things are yours. Who is yours? We. Somebody say we. We. Election on Saturday is for who? We. The whole political system is for who? We. The whole nation is for who? We, I said earlier, if the we starts misbehaving, God will affect the economy to teach we a lesson. In fact, I, I have a suspicion. Okay, anyway, there's no point saying it. I saw the way we began to spend money. We, we instead of us, instead of we spending money to advance the gospel to Bono State, to Sokoto, to the whole of the north and neighboring states and outside, we began to build denominational churches everywhere, not for the sake of Christ, but for the sake of sects in we. Then we will be, we began to build crazy buildings. We spent so much money on things that have no meaning that God had to break the staff of bread. We began to understand suddenly that pro- prosperity it was very funny that you know, God, I thank you. I'll tell you about what I'm thanking you later. But, <laughs> and you know why, you know why anyway. We just, when just, the pastors will just wake up. I need to stretch my leg. Dubai. I had my, I had a stressful weekend. London. My family and I need to just go and relax. 
Australia. Now, going to those places is bad. Remember, rich people can do anything. Except that they were not rich. You told me they were not rich. What are you saying? Are you correcting yourself? No. I said that God gives us limited resources. Look, I have kids. They have access, theoretically speaking, to all the money I have. True of us. But can they dare touch all the money I have? No, now, because I know they will buy the wrong things. So even when they have money, their, their mother will collect it and hold it and instruct them on how to use it. The other day we were driving. We saw some beggars. My son, one of my children brought one fat note to give a beggar. I said, put it back in your pocket. <laughs> then I gave him a lecture on giving. You can read the lecture inside them. You can read inside Grace to Prosper, how to work for God, so we'll pay for this. I have the lectures inside there. I said to him, oh boy, this guy you wanted to give to is going to be here money till night. This amount of money is not for people who beg by the roadside money till night. It's in the scriptures, beggars ask for what? Crumbs. I said, that's not a crumb. The same person saved money for a whole year. You know the way aunties, grandmothers, people give him money. He packed all his money in one year. He said, what will he do with it? We both agreed that since you don't need housing, you don't need school fees, you don't need anything. So after saving money for over a year, if not up to two years, what do we do with it? We went and donated it to charity. So he knows that giving to charity is not a problem. That he saved money for two years almost. Gathered everything. But you don't allow him access to everything. I'm just going to explain something. So God sometimes limits our access. He's very rich, but limits our access. You know why? He wants us to understand what is more important and prioritize rightly. Because we, like I was saying, we began to spend money in ways that heaven looked and said no. I heard people, one pastor said, I can't remember what pastor said it, that southern Christians are wicked. This was a northern Christian saying it. Missionary. They just, that they just made up their mind that these are our brethren in the south are wicked people. Because they saw the kind of money that we, in the lower half of the nation, are spending on funny things. Whereas people pushing the gospel into the bush wouldn't be able to pay children's school fees. So God looked and said, let me teach we a lesson. He said, how much is their dollar that they are spending? The angel said 120. He said, make it 400. <laughs> when they reached 400, we learned a lesson. Children were returning back home from foreign universities. The whole country was not at fault. It was we. Sometimes we are buying iron rod to price dollar finishes in the market. God said, what is the iron rod? Who's buying it? He says, we that's buying it. Why? We have one gigantic project in our minds for the glory of our majesty. And my sister prophesied that thus is the Lord. The roof of all these things will be blown away. There are two sides to that prophetic word. There's a literal fulfillment and then there is the spiritual fulfillment and the cover of a building, the way we have built it by ourselves, are human beings. Lest I be blown away. My wife, please be praying for me. I'm sorry, I have to pray for myself. And all of you, please pray for me. I'm not kidding. What I've said this evening is very deep. I pray we will learn the lesson. Let me summarize it like this. PDP is not an issue. APC is not an issue. YPP, UPP, APP, ANPP, whatever be the P, that you are dealing with. They are not the issues. Now let me say this again. 
Why I was angry with that man on that day? When he said, we are in their shadow, I said, who is there? He was thinking simply about Hausa Fulani Muslims in politics. I didn't want to get into that with him on radio. Listen, they are not a problem. Not even whether they are the problem or not. They are not a problem. There is nobody. The only problem is who? We. 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 That's all. That's as well of it. Whatever will happen is because of we. When we are praying, let's focus on we. Let's understand that God is working for we. Christ is all that he's doing on the earth. Let's give him thanks. Let's start with that. Let's give him thanks. I trust I brought the word of God to you this evening. That's what the Lord planted on my heart. For you to understand who we is. And there is we in the north. There is we in the south. There is we in the west. There is we in the east. We are in the east here. We here. There is we here. We are part of the we in the corners. We are part of the we that's our Safulani. We are part of the we that's from the, 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 the south-south. We are part of the we. We are we in the east here. We are part of the we in the west. We are part of the we in the center. You know, Abuja area, the north central. We are part of the we everywhere. We are part of the we. It's we. That's what God is doing. The church of Christ. That's what he's doing. I just want to just thank him for that. I think that thing is needed to be reflected in our hearts. Because without that, we can't pray by faith. Our prayer wouldn't be a prayer of faith. Our prayers wouldn't have been a prayer of faith. Except we recognize this we thing. This Christ thing. Many people have been praying wrongly and God has not been listening. Because they have taken themselves out of we. They have gone according to the sections in Nigeria. And no, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. What God is doing is building we. We. We in this nation. We. We. We being the body of Christ. Christ is what he's doing. He said, peace be upon the Israel of God. That is, it's not just natural Israel. There is a spiritual Israel. There is. There is. That spiritual Israel includes everybody from everywhere. It includes the natural Israel. It includes the so-called Gentile nations. It includes anyone who will believe in Christ Jesus. Just give the Lord thanks for that understanding. I think that's what I just need to pass out today. Because we're releasing a negative vibe into the air that will have negatively affected this event on Saturday. It will have negatively affected, affected this event on Saturday. But we needed to be rearranged. We needed to be corrected. Just a perception in the mind. It's just a perception in the mind. Just that is for us to just understand it in our hearts. Just for us to understand it in our hearts. Not to do any other thing. Not even to pray any, pray any special prayer. Just for us to understand it. For our minds to be set right. For our understanding to be set right. We know exactly what God is doing. God is not trying, listen to me, he's not trying to do justice for any tribe in Nigeria. He's not trying to do justice for educational system. No, he's building up we, we. That's what he's doing. In this election, the will of the Lord concerning we will be done. The only time a sultan was deposed in Nigeria, it was because of we. Ah, that Jesus is not asleep. He knows what he's doing. He's not, as, he's not afraid of Islamic agenda. Ah, when I get things about it, I get upset. In a, in a space of 24 hours, two people forwarded to me the issues concerning Islamic agenda. One of them said, forward to all the people in your contact. I said, I will not forward. I said, because the Bible says, blessed on the mountains are the feet of him that bears good tidings. I said, this is not good tidings. I don't forward good nonsense tidings. I only forward good tidings. I said, my Jesus is not afraid. My Jesus is not afraid. 
He's a king of kings. He's a lord of lords. Mountains melt at his coming. Mountains melt. His enemies hide. They ask rocks to fall upon them. That's who Jesus is. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's how powerful we is. With the Lord on his side. The Lord of we. <laughs> oh God just says, just rearrange your brains. Rearrange your mind. Rearrange your heart. Just have that understanding. So that the negative thing that's been rising into the air can be pulled back. Many Christians have joined their, you know, they have joined sometimes their denominations. Sometimes they've joined their natural tribes. Their Hittiteness and their Amoriteness. That is what has been pushing their prophetic and their prayer agenda. It's been pushing their prophetic and their prayer agenda. And they will hold vigils and they will spend time praying. Lifting up hands to the Lord. But God does not recognize. Why? Because his agenda is we. It's Christ that he's doing. It's Christ that he's doing. It is Christ that he's doing. And many times we have negatively affected the nation. Because we're supposed to be a blessing to it. He said you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We are the blessing to this natural earth. So if we don't get it right, they can never get it right. Let's thank God for Saturday. Say, Lord, the blessing of your people will be established again. Say, Lord, the blessing of your people will be established again. The blessing of your people will be established again. Your purpose for your people will be established again. Let's say, Lord, thank you. As a result of this election, we will lead a quiet and peaceable life. A tranquil life, we will lead it. In all godliness. Say, Lord, thank you. Saturday, you will establish again for us a tranquil and quiet life. In all godliness and dignity. Say, Lord, we thank you. Because you are working. All things are ours. All things are ours. All things are ours. Election, whether it's INEC, whether it's APC, whether it's APP, PDP, all things are yours, Paul said. All things are yours. Lord, I thank you. Let's thank God. All things are working together. All things are working together. All things are working together. Say, Lord, I thank you. All things are working together. All things work together for good to those who love God. To the we that are called according to his purpose. We. (laughs) Say, Lord, thank you. Because all things are ours. All things are ours. We give you praise. Whether it's INEC, whether it's, is, 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 what do you call them? Headsmen, <laughs> good agricultural policies, new rail lines all over the nation. All things are ours. Thank you. These things are working out your purpose in our lives. These things are working out the purpose of God for Christ on the earth. Lord, we recognize it again today. You are the God that can build a mansion to hang a shirt. You have done great things and you are doing great things. Let's take a minute and thank the Lord for Nigeria. Say, Lord, thank you. Because now you understand the purpose. That thanksgiving makes more sense. Say, now you understand the purpose. Lord, we thank you for this nation. This nation that you carved for the purpose of Christ. This nation you carved so as to advance your purpose on the earth. That Christ may be advanced 
on this earth. That Christ may be advanced in the people in this region. That Christ may be advanced in the people in Africa. That Christ may be advanced in the people in Asia. That Christ may be advanced among the people in Asia, among the people in Europe, in North America, in Australia, in every part of the world. That Christ may be advanced. You craft this nation. Thank you for planting me here. Thank the Lord for that. Say, Lord, thank you for planting me here. Because you planted me here, I am here tonight. And I've heard these words. And from my heart, I'm radiating a new aura. A new spirit is going out there to enforce and empower the angels of God in executing the judgment of God on the earth. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Because from inside me, you are generating a spiritual energy through the entrance of your word. And I'm a positive influence in the spirit around this region. I'm a positive influence in the spirit over Nigeria. Yes. From me is radiating the force of God into the earth. And the angels of God are finding free way to execute his judgments in the land. Lord, I thank you. I thank you because I was born for a purpose. I thank you because I was born for a reason. Lord, we give you praise. Let's just worship you. Thank you for authority. Authority has been given to his church. Whatsoever we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What do we want this weekend? Two things. We want peace. And we want the appointed one of God to come in without trouble. Therefore, we bind trouble in the name of Jesus. So if two officials agree, one major problem the church has had is agreement. It has been very hard to agree. Because they want to agree on a candidate, and it's impossible. <laughs> How can we all agree on a candidate? So pastors will organize crusade. Everybody support this person. It will not work. It won't work. But we can agree on some things that, we, that is to be impossible to disagree, except you are a wicked soul. For example, we can agree there will be peace. You can agree that no matter what be the difference in our political opinions, there will be no trouble. We can agree on that. We can agree that whoever steps into power will be appointed by God to manifest his mercy. We can agree on that, can't we? But when you say, hey, it is the turn of these people, the turn of this person, you know, disagreement starts. Once Christians begin to camp around their amorightness and the Hittiteness, the body of Christ can never have agreement. And once they don't have agreement, they can never have spiritual power. The reason why there's so much disagreement is wrong doctrines. We don't understand what is important. We don't even know who we are. We don't know who our brothers are. We don't know how our true brothers are. I said, I was, hey, when I saw it, when I heard that thing, I, I couldn't believe it. A church was building a building. A man came. said, why are you spending this kind of money in a building, in a ministry that does not belong to our brother? Is it possible for a ministry not to belong to your brother? And the person saying this is supposed to be a man of God. As he drive around town and see his posters everywhere. And you think Boko Haram is a problem. The major problem in Nigeria is that the church does not even know themselves. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't know who their brothers are. <laughs> they don't know. They, they don't know. They don't know. That's, that's why we don't. If, if we can agree. You know what they call agreement? Anyway, God doesn't expect everybody to understand. So let the remnant understand. I believe in the church is what is called a remnant. Let's pray again this evening. In agreement. This weekend, there will be peace. In the announcing of results, there will be peace. No one who God has not appointed will sit on that throne. 
Lord, you know you have shown us mercy. It is time to favor Zion. Yes. For that reason, Lord, we call the man, the woman, whoever it is, that you have said, go to Asorok and be a blessing to the church, to my plan on the earth. We call that person, come and take your seat. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whoever comes in, you will do the will of God. Father, the time to favor Zion has come. Lord, your favor is upon we in this nation. You know what we means now? It's upon Christ in this nation. And we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. So we say to Nigeria, you are blessed. Because the church is favored, you are blessed. We say because the church is favored, you are blessed. Let me say something to the people of God. Anywhere where the church is purified and they are persecuted, their king will die. I'm not praying, I'm warning. Listen to me. Anywhere the church is purified and then he's persecuted, their king will die. That's what God does. The reason why oppressors survive is because the problem is inside. (laughs) What I've told you is spiritual truth. 100% correct. Anyway, church in Nigeria will, this is not very nice, but it will happen, it will be cleansed. Yes, it will be cleansed. It shall come to pass. Pastors will see politics and run. Say amen. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, the APC candidate in Rivers is a pastor in Redeem. No. So, it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. So, that's not what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. When I say pastors will see politics and run, I don't mean a man who has been appointed pastor, like you now. They will not call you pastor. You can still run for governor of Enugu. That's not what I mean. Okay, now? Uh-huh. <laughs> when I say pastor, I mean pastor of church. I mean for them to be hiding, going around, promoting a particular candidate. They won't do it again. Amen. No, they won't do it anymore. Amen. Thank you for saying amen. But I'm just telling you what the Lord is going to do to, to all of us. Amen. Because that's the reason why we don't have spiritual power. See, this pulpit, of course, we don't mean physically, kingdom word, mahogany. What I mean is this. Whatever the word of God is coming forth from, it will be cleansed. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know why God has not done much in a long time? Because cleansing is very, very dangerous. So normally he wants people to wash your cloth by yourself, you know. Do it now. Don't make me do it all. When I do it, it's hard. So it doesn't wait forever. But it gives people time. Say, look, guys, do this thing yourself. You know, come out from among them and be separate. You know, come out from among them, be separate. Do not touch the unclean thing, you know. But if we now remain, because we are chopping, if you go and see it, he said, it brings down one before it lifts up. That bringing that principle is first, before the lifting up. Let's give a lot of thanks. I hope what I've said is, I mean, let's just give a lot of thanks. Let's give a lot of thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Let's just give him praise. Let's just give him praise. Let's give him praise. Because of peace on Saturday. Because of peace in the weeks following. Because we 
we lead a quiet and tranquil life. Father, we give you praise. Nigeria will not catch fire. Don't worry. No, 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 no. The peace... <laughs> last four years ago was four angels the Lord sent. I think they are still on duty. Yes. And they are maintaining peace. And there will be no trouble. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. The Lord is good. We are winning the election on Saturday. Amen? Amen. Which party? Jesus' party. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And one day, people here, several of you, you will walk with angels. Amen. They will walk with you. Amen. You will see them. I've told you before, somebody will come out and see fire around the house. Just before you panic, you will remember, oh, it's the fire of God. You say, why am I saying it? Because the following day, you are going to hear of a lot of trouble in that neighborhood. Then you will remember the fire and you will go back to sleep. Because the angels of God, it says he makes his ministers what? Flames of fire. That's it. So he makes his messengers spirits and his ministers are what? Flames of fire. It's well with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say to your neighbor, this is your season of multiplication, dominion and manifestation.